Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. She's crazy like It's time to step inside the Iktagon with your host, Ike Feldman. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Ike Feldman. Doing my thing. Singing my sing. Talking to you guys on Twitter, freaking spaces. What's going on, guys? Holy moly, it's the holiday season. I hope you all use this time to reflect on the year that was and get together with some family and friends and enjoy some amazing feasting. If you are not cutting weight, I was going to say, if you were preparing for UFC 270, you may not be able to enjoy the holidays, but they're heavyweights. Francis Ngannou. Surreal gone. Those are two big boys. They can eat what they want, when they want, and how much of what they want. Maybe week of the fight, they can't have burgers and fries or a gyro or chicken parmesan or stuffed crust pizza. Maybe on fight week, they can't go that far. But you guys can. If you're not fighting for the world, heavyweight title of the world, enjoy yourself. Be yourself. Do good. Do well love each other now I didn't do a Twitter spaces last week I was interviewing one of the main men of the weekend in Pumi in Kuta CFFC flyweight champion so yes I did Skip a Twitter space. I was trying to do it on the way home. But that didn't work out. The service wasn't well enough for me to keep a solid connection. I think I got maybe 12, 15, 17 minutes in there, but that was it. So no excuses. I bit the bullet. I chose fame and fortune over Twitter space. 
They call me Money Ike now. My apologies. I will do my best to be 100% of the time. And yeah, I was even about five minutes late too to for this one. You know, I used to say 100% for things. Dude, you going to be there? 100%. Dude, are you going to be there? 100%. You sure you're going to be there? Okay. I'm done guaranteeing 100% because you never know what the world holds for you. So I say 99%. 99% of the time, I will provide you guys a Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon or early Wednesday morning, depending on where you are, or Wednesday afternoon if you're in Australia. My take on the combat sports world exclusively on a Twitter space. Things are brewing, too. I may be doing big-time spaces for prestigious platforms or uh, just corporate platforms. I consider myself prestigious, pristine. So before we talk about UFC Vegas 45, UFC Fight Night 199, and Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins and the CFFC 104 card with my boy Pumi and Kuta and Charlie the Cannibal, products of Law MMA. Before I talk about those cards and events, there was one little old knockout that happened on Saturday night. I don't know if you guys heard of this fella. Jacob Anthony Paul. I don't know if those are <laughs> I don't know if those are his names. Jake Paul, the YouTube sensation turned professional boxer. What is he? 5 and 0, oh? four knockouts. He's knocked out every one of the opponents he's fought. Holy moly, was that a grinded-out fight? Initially, if you look at the top of the combat sports media mountain, Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell, the dynamic duo of Morning Combat, product of CBS Sports and Showtime Sports, they're doing fantastic things over there. Beautiful art they're creating. If anybody gets that joke, God bless you. Because they really, they really changed, uh, they really shifted my mindset on Friday night. I go, hey, let me me see what's going on with the uh, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley rematch. And I said, oh, on my YouTube algorithm, I see Errol Hawani, Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell, Nice little trio doing a preview 
of Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. I go, okay. Okay. This seems interesting. Forty-five minutes later, I was pumped up for the fight, ready to go. I go, let's keep going down this rabbit hole. My father, who's sixty-seven, it's so funny. He he loves YouTube, and he's catching at the golden age. The YouTube content is pure. It's poetic. So much time and effort's being poured into it for a good amount of feedback. Yeah, a million views is, holy moly, that's amazing. But for some of the content that these creators are making on YouTube, individuals who have other full-time jobs, it's amazing. Networks, corporations will 100% be scooping up these creators producers, bring them to their team. And then you know what? In five years, it's going to be less about the passion, more about the move the chains, move the chains, get in the red zone, get in the end zone, kick the extra point, pay the bills. So it is the golden age of YouTube content creation. And my father's like, down the rabbit holes. Oh my gosh. He's like, man, have you heard of this YouTube? I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. It's so amazing that after I watched the trio with Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell and Ariel Hawani, it rolls into the autoplay is on. Yeah. Sometimes I turn it off. Sometimes I get fed up with that. But it rolls into The Morning Combat documentary. What? Morning Combat? Hasn't that show been around just for like 20 minutes? They got docu... What? Luke Thomas allows a documentary? What? What? Are you kidding me? Yes. No, I'm not kidding you. But yes, there is a documentary of Morning Combat. And it's amazing. It is amazing. Brian Campbell deserves two paychecks. It's amazing. And the producers, like... It's it's Campbell's show. Luke Thomas makes appearances. Brendan Schaub makes appearances. Uh, all the producers behind the scenes for more uh, Morning Combat make appearances. And it's phenomenal. It's like the MMA version of The Office. Arrested Development. There's like narration, the, the way it's shot. In and out fast like The Office. Brian Campbell is just a maestro. Let's see. I'm trying to put a tweet out. Talking 
Arden and the Maestro behind behind at morning. Talking Arding and the Maestro behind. Oh my gosh, this is hysterical. Talking Arden and the Maestro behind. Maestro behind it all. Check out Morning Commons Doc Series on YouTube. Amazing. Hashtag the office meets combat sports. Oh my gosh. Phenomenal. 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 Oh, it. <laughs> I think I watched four episodes. I don't watch four episodes of anything in a row. I don't have the time and the patience to sit down and watch something. Four times. The only thing, actually, is the UFC embedded. I rattle those things off. They are about eight to ten minutes each. I rattle those things off. I think there's five or six of them that make for each UFC pay-per-view. I do watch multiple UFC embeddeds back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. But Netflix, Amazon Prime shows? No, 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 no. I don't sit down and watch three, four, five episodes in a row. Maybe two. Maybe two. That's why I like movies. But if you guys have not seen it, Morning Combat's doc series is amazing. And it gets the lowest amount of views. I understand it. You're like, what? The same thing I was thinking. I'm sure you're like, what? A documentary? Yeah. It's awesome. And I was like, wow, there's some deep stuff. It is like. Curb your enthusiasm where it's unscripted. Amazing. Amazing. But I can't wait to see the doc series from the Morning Combat crew for when they get back.
from the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley experience. It was amazing. Jake Paul is hugging, fighting off the clinches of Tyron Woodley, which I'm sure was a game plan. Tyron Woodley's coming in there. 12 days notice. Had little love handles. Meanwhile, Jake Paul went in the opposite direction of his training camp. He finally had abs, cut the baby fat a little. So, obviously by the result, Jake Paul had the advantage going into this fight. Full training camp. That's why Jake Paul is showing that much respect to Tyron Woodley. Because he took the fight on short notice to keep Jake Paul's training camp intact. And of course, it does take two to tango, and I'm sure Tyron Woodley got paid. I hope he got paid. He took one of the vicious, most vicious knockouts of his career. You could say it's that and the Nate Marquardt knockout in Strike Force. You could say that. Really did a lot of damage, but you hope this knockout got him paid. Paid. Tyron Woodley had a, a lapse in focus in the sixth round after kind of making it a very, very close fight. You'd say maybe Jake Paul has a little more of the edge, but he he wasn't landing landing anything. Maybe a jab here, maybe an uppercut here, maybe overhand there. Woodley's defense was impenetrable. And then just a lapse in judgment where everybody's saying the fight is fixed. Jake Paul lands that huge overhand storied right. Boom. Lights out. And everybody hugs and hand pounds afterwards. You always love to see that. Especially in the most vicious sport. Where does Jake Paul go from here? A few options. He could turn back, face the originally scheduled opponent in Tommy Fury. And you hope Tommy Fury is resting up and healing. He had a bacterial chest infection. I hope he's doing well. Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, and Conor McGregor are always being called out by Jake Paul. But they do remain under the UFC's umbrella. I think Nate Diaz has the 
least amount of time left. I believe it's pretty public knowledge that he has one fight left on his UFC contract. And Nate Diaz has made it known that on Twitter, he goes, hey, put me on the January UFC 270 card in Anaheim. Hey, put me there. It's it's in California. I fought there UFC 241 against Anthony Pennis. I look great. Weed is legal. It's local for me. And let's get this contract over with. You totally get the sense that at least 50% of the thinking from Nate Diaz is let's make this fight happen in four or five weeks. I'm a free agent. I can fight Jake Paul over the summer. The UFC is privy to that. Are they going to slow play? Are they going to do death by a thousand cuts by Nate Diaz again? Following UFC 202 in August of 2016, It took the UFC about or approximately three years to get Nate Diaz back in the octagon. UFC 202, UFC 241. Wow. That's dropping the ball there. Don't do it again, UFC. Let the man finish his contract. Don't bleed him out to fight next year. If Nate's wise, just say, all right, give me less. Don't give me Hamzat. Give me less money. Give me a fair opponent with a name. I am Nate Diaz. Show respect in that front, at least. And let me move on. Now, they could be teasing him. Nate, 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 buddy, buddy, hey, close the door behind you. Buddy, Nate, buddy, Nate. Nate, buddy, my man. What's up? Yeah, yeah, business, baby, business, right to business. Nate, 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 pal, chief. We want to make the McGregor fight happen by... <laughs> I was about to say baby, buddy. <laughs> we want the McGregor fight to happen, baby. Mm-hmm. We got that for you. Do you want it to fight? Connor said he'll be ready in April, which means he won't be ready in April, which means he's be ready in June or July again. At the earliest. The guy's ankle was hanging. Is everybody crazy? I hope Nate Diaz doesn't fall for that. And then the fight falls through. It'd be amazing. If they sign the contract right now. That's what Nate should say. Alright, let's sign the contract. I want to see McGregor sign the contract. Ah, Craziness. It is chess, not checkers. It's not that easy. We can't get Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. Right away. An obstacle has to get crossed or leaped over before we get that. 
Masvidal, I think, isn't even close to being in the picture with Jake Paul. He's going to fight Colby. But he is, I don't know, pumping himself up, getting himself going. Maybe that's what he needs for momentum. Maybe he's in the middle of a contract dispute with the UFC. He's saying, you want me to do what? Six weeks. Don't see my family. No chicas. I'm sorry, papi. But Las Vegas ain't no Miami. Hamza Chamayev is on a rocket ship to the top. He has his blinders on. He has no idea what to think other than train, fight, train, fight. When you get to the Nate Diaz, the Jorge Masvidal, the Conor McGregor, the John Jones level of things, money becomes 90% of decision-making. Hamza wants to fight Usman. Okay. Say he beats, destroys, one-sided. Runs through Usman. Okay, he's the champ. He wouldn't care who he fights next. They give him one, two, three million dollars. To fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson because for some reason we want to see karate versus wrestling. All of a sudden that gets signed. He's like, okay. You think he's going to call out the number two guy for 500000 If they say, no, 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 we'll give you a million to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's like, okay. I kill everybody. But I also like money. I have gone for everybody. But I also signed contract for not everybody. Very fun times to be a combat sports fan. Does Jake Paul fight Anderson Silva? Mm-hmm. Now, casual fans hate it. They see Silva as old. I doubt they've seen the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight. I'm sure they've seen the Tito Ortiz knockout. Say what you want about that. Knocked him out clean in the first round. He did what he had to do. But Anderson Silva, JWC Jr., man, you look good. And in all these fight leagues, there ain't no drug testing. Though Anderson Silva's 46, he looks better than he did at 40. No joke. Go look at him in the Derek Brunson fight. He's got a dad bod through in and throughout. Go look at him in June 
against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Looks phenomenal. Muscles look tight. Cardio is there. The output's there. Obviously, the knowledge, wisdom, and built-in skill will always be there. But now you kind of upgraded a 1969 Camaro with a 2019 Camaro engine. He looked phenomenal. So the casual fans are saying, oh, that's not a step up in competition. Yes, it is. From Tyron Woodley, a 12-day out Tyron Woodley. Yes, it is. Look at what Jake Paul just did in August in the first Tyron Woodley fight. He got out of there by the skin of his ass. I think Anderson Silva, a man who will be the tallest fighter that Jake Paul's fought. All right. The weight is close. Silva, I think, was 180 in that boxing fight. He's fought in the UFC up to 205. So he's right in the window of the weight of Jake Paul. And the skill, guys. I guarantee you Anderson Silva hits harder than Jake Paul right now. Technique. From the toes to the nose, technique always wins out. And you give this technique a little a little, a little spritz in the A, a little juice in the Bruce, that technique gets exemplified. That technique can be repeated over and over and over. I think Anderson Silva, who is not under the UFC umbrella, is a perfect fight for Jake Paul. It's a big fight. It's a risky fight. But it's a perfect step up in competition for one, Jake Paul. Now, I don't know if this is true, but if Logan Paul is fighting Mike Tyson, hell of a step up in competition. And Mike Tyson is looking good for the last, I'd say, I think it's been 18 months. He's really kept his body together. I think he was supposed to fight June 2020. It was pushed back to September, October, November last year. So he's been in shape now for about 18 months. That's a tough fight for Logan. Logan's not going to be able to bully Mike Tyson. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that would be an awesome fight. I think it was rumored for February, but... We will see. So, I love Jorge Masvidal. I love Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. But while they're under the UFC banner, and while Jake Paul is still sending zingers Dana White's way, it's going to be very hard to get a fight against a an active UFC fighter. So, UFC Vegas 45 or UFC Fight Night 199, Lewis versus Dawkins. Man, I covered the undercard for NBC Sports Bet, excuse me, NBC Sports Edge. I didn't cover the main event, so I, I, I paid no mind. I like to watch it without 
picking sides. I'm not like screaming like, oh, the law, what are you doing? Come on, Steven, come on. It's not like I, I watch fights. <laughs> it's not like I watch fights like that. Trust me. Derek Lewis. Now, Luke Thomas went down a very, very intricate breakdown of Lewis doing the jump kick, doing a half-hearted inside trip, which is a wrestling takedown to back up Dawkus. Essentially make Dawkus an animal pinned in a corner and for Lewis to love to put his opponent in those type of situations to make it a slugfest. And at first I was like, maybe you're overthinking this, Luke. Just maybe. But now that I think about it, that's a pretty awesome strategy. Instead of just waiting to counter punch, if your opponent doesn't want to punch, blitz them with kicks, with wrestling, clinching, and then get the fight where you want in a phone booth. And Chris Dawkins, I know he's on the rise at heavyweight. But that dude can make light heavyweight. No problem. He's got that, like, very loose glazing hanging around the midsection. I think this could be a wake-up call. I know Derek Lewis is the greatest knockout artist in UFC history. Well, bam. Wow. Crazy even saying it. But Chris Dawkins, I think he's fast. I think his power would be big at light heavyweight. I think he would have enough speed to compete with a Glover, a Jan. I don't know if he would have enough speed for like a Dom Reyes or a Yuri Prohaska. I would like to see him at least try to get to light heavyweight. I think he walks around in the 225 to 235 range. Stipe was 233 with abs. Chilling out, you could see Stipe being 240, 242, 244. But Chris Dawkins looks like he's been chilling. I know he's a former cop, but dude, you're not on the job anymore. Get on the treadmill. I joke. I kid. Some of my best friends are cops. Yes, they need to get on treadmills too. <laughs> I'm kidding. Actually, uh, one of my friends who is a cop is a former local track star who is fast as F. Fast AF. Fast <laughs> So, in that case, I would need to get on the treadmill. But great win by Derek Lewis. He is now the sole king of the UFC's knockout title. He took a jab at fighters before him. Silva, Belfort, Arlovsky. He's go. I'm the first clean one, baby. And he's right. There are no steroid allegations connected to him. There's just Popeye's chickens and Dunkin' Donuts connected to him. Moving down the card, Bilal Muhammad. Oh, everybody's getting swooped up. Like, did we really already forget Khabib? Everybody's comparing 
Bilal Muhammad. I don't know if this is a uh, subliminal racist connection that they're making to Khabib. Bilal Muhammad is a five-tool fighter. He's got solid boxing, kickboxing, cardio, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, will to win. Khabib is a 10 out of 10 in the grappling department. That is not Bilal Muhammad. Because Damian Maya couldn't get him to the floor? Because Bilal Muhammad is securing takedown after takedown against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson? Because Gilbert Burns unlocked the playbook for that fight? Come on, people. Put some respect on Khabib's name. Please. But great win by Bilal. He is now encroaching on the top seven, top six. Woo! My man gets to the top five. That'd be pretty amazing. And I think his debut was UFC 205, the McGregor Alvarez. And I think his debut fight was against Vincent Luque. Ouch. I think he got knocked out by like a check hook. So... Bilal Muhammad started from the bottom. Now he's here. Let's go, Bilal. And he's a whiz on the UFC desk. He does his podcast with. There's an. There's another Anik, who covers MMA, not named John. Yeah, he has a twin brother. Crazy. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Where does he go from here? He got dominated in this fight. It was a small cage. But we saw him fight Jeff Neal in the same cage. Keep him at bay. But Thompson was off. It wasn't his night. He's not done. He's not done. Relax, people. He didn't take that much damage. Bilal wrestled the crap out of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Ruined his Dockers. But Stephen Wonderboy Thompson did not take that much damage. He'll be back. Great win by Bilal. The fight before. Woo! Close, close, close fight. Man. Amanda Lemos defeated Angela Hill. Split decision. Very close split decision. Now, I should have dove into this before recording and recapping this UFC Vegas card. But when the judges look at the fight and the criteria of how to judge the fight, and if you guys don't know, 
or if you forgot, goes by damage. The fighter that does the most damage wins. Number two is cage control. Are they pressing their opponent against the fence? Are they in top position during the grappling exchanges? Are they pushing forward with their footwork on the feet? Now, are those things a blanket for a fight? Meaning, if Amanda Lemos, which this happened, lands a Anderson Silva front kick on Angela Hill in the first round, the most damaging strike of the fight, Angela Hill dropped, was reeling. It was amazing how she got out of that situation and went on to win the next round. Are the judges looking at that fight in a vacuum, in a bubble, and saying, okay, Lemos won that round with a damaging deep kick to the chin. Or it was a back-and-forth scrap rounds two and three, coin flip both rounds. Okay, you know, Hill maybe won the second. Hill maybe won the third. Lemos maybe won the second. She maybe won the third. But we can't forget about the most damaging strike. Is that strike in a vacuum? Round one, that's it. Or the judges looking at that was the most damage over the fight. That's what I want to know. But great win by Amanda Lemos. Another tough decision, split decision loss for Angela Hill. I think somebody said she's had four of these, which is tough. Jorge Masvidal had a ton of those early in his career. But then he flipped a switch and knocked out Till, Askren, and TKO'd Dr. Stoppage, Nate Diaz. So there's still time for Angela Hill, who's doing her thing. She's the newest SiriusXM host, which is awesome. Well-deserved. She won me over when she did the... Stephen A. Smith impression. It's amazing. But great win by Amanda Lemos. She's talented. Definitely talented. The fight prior, Ricky Simone, Rafael Sunsau. Ricky Simone, that little muscle hamster. Beautiful right hand. Sent a sun sound to the canvas. Simone leaps in, finishes the job. Great performance by Simone. That was a big fight for him. Big fight. If he lost to a sun sound, a sun sound kind of is now okay. That's his position. 
anybody who's got a little momentum, feed them to a sun sow. See if they can get past. Ricky Simone passed the test. He now cracks through to, I think he could be top 12 in the 135 division. He's still young, talented grappler. Now he's showing hands. Hey, maybe he learned from that Uriah Faber knockout. Very similar built men, stocky, muscle hamsters. Now Ricky Simone on top of his grappling has a beautiful right hand and a great finish on his resume. The fight prior, Mateus Gamrot against Diego Frajeda. This was a frantic grappling exchange back and forth. Both men understanding that their opponent had elite grappling skills and wanted to be very cautious of where they left their limbs, what position they engaged, engaged from. In a weird scramble, Fajera was stuck against the fence. Gamrot had him seatbelt. And then knees him in kind of the Bruce Lee wing rib cage, the, the lats. It was kind of a... kind of a weird injury we're not used to seeing people going out like that it's very similar to the fashion how Sean O'Malley went out O'Malley is reluctant to admit that his body failed him this was a very similar situation uh Fajeda was very present he was very there he was there in the moment his body just shut down whether it was a cracked rib or something else credit goes to Gamrot so the Polish prospect now improves to 20 and 1. He's a very credentialed grappler and wrestler. And we saw in his last fight the Kimura lock against Jeremy Stevens, but to hold his own against a jiu-jitsu phenom in Diego Diego Fajeda is very respectable, and he climbs up the uh, the rankings at the lightweight division, and another fun guy, another fun player in that division. The fight before, turning back the clock, time after time, Cub Swanson with the TKO victory of the very hard to TKO fighter Darren Elkins, Team Alpha Male product. Darren Elkins. Has the name damaged across his chest. Damage, not damaged. <laughs> and on his back it says baggage. <laughs> Darren Elkins. As tough as they come. You hear stories about him in the gym. He's one of the few Americans that wants to break the Russian Dagestani wrestlers in the gym. Doesn't save her for fight night. Really wants to go at it 24-7. And Cub Swanson, hell of a performance. Damn good of a performance. Man, beautiful. He was in there like a, like a sniper, but a very relaxed, flowing sniper. And 
I don't think he was even touched in that. The the fight only went a couple minutes in the first round, but he had his young daughter and two young boys. So cute. They're all matching. His wife. They're, they're eight feet away. And he's perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect performance. And he says he's never felt better, so I'm happy for him. Very happy for him. And Darren Elkins is not done. Not done. Again, this was an awesome card. I'm going to run through the uh, the prelims real quick. Uh, Gerard Mearsharp pulls off another submission, and he was down. He was really down in this fight. Didn't seem like he had any spark of offense. And then just his coaches shout at him, I don't know, turn it up. <laughs> don't get lazy. Don't get comfortable down there sitting in his guard. And Mearshart turns it around and gets the submission victory over Dustin Stoltzfus. Beautiful rear naked choke that Stoltzfus is going to be kicking himself in his arse because of it. Justin Taffa. Woo! Head kick knockout through the guard of Harry Hunsucker. You rarely see that. Melissa Gatto defeats former title challenger Sajaro Eubanks. TKO to the body kick. Eubanks is Abdomen just shut down and Gatto just jumped on top and finished the job. Charles Jourdain looked fantastic. Beautiful bounce back from his loss to Julian Arosa. He defeated Andre Yule. It's a great win for Jourdain who could go three fights in a row. He has the talent. He's just got to figure out some things upstairs and put it together and rinse and repeat and he could do it. And Raquel Pennington, I'm done picking against her. I've picked against her three or four of her last fights. And she just loves to make me look like an idiot. She defeated Macy Chassain uh, with the submission. I don't know. Uh, maybe this was just the, the long neck of Chassain, why Raquel was able to get this. But it was a beautiful 10-figure guillotine choke that I don't even think she needed to wrap her legs around Chassain's body, but... Beautiful choke. Now, I missed these two early fights. Don Tally Mize defeated Josh Parisian. TKO elbows. Jordan Livet versus Matt Siles. Submission. Oh, I did see that. I did turn on for that. Actually, I saw all the fights. I just... Those guys might be one or two fights into their UFC career. But one of the best fight nights of the year. And they closed the year with it. And very comfortable with uh, how this card went. Let's see. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten finishes. Ten finishes. That's a way to close out the year. UFC said they've made the most money in this year than they've ever have makes sense the cards are phenomenal the fights are getting better and better the talent pool is just getting deeper and deeper 
always a great time to be a fight fan. Never better than tomorrow to be a fight fan. And the fights keep getting better. On Friday night, we had the CFFC 104 card in the Hard Rock Hotel, Atlantic City. Our boys, Pumi and Kuta, defeated Jason Eastman. And their title fights are four rounds. He won every round. 10-9, 10-9, 10-9, 10-9. Dominant fashion. Looked good. Uh, was very in control of the fight in the moment. Cut a great promo to CM Punk and to everybody watching. CM Punk and John Morgan. MMA junkies John Morgan. Great call on the mic. And a another Law MMA product. Charlie Campbell. Dominant. TKO win over Vadim Ogre. So, Law MMA showed up, showed out, got the job done. Cash checks, brought the titles back to Long Island. So, great job by Steve Lee, Ray Longo, and all of the Law MMA team that helped these fighters prepare for their fight. I believe the next Big event for Law MMA is in February. I think it's Ring of Combat 76. I think so. And Justin Montalvo, my boy, and Dennis Bazookia, my other boy, they're going to be on that card. Title belts, let's go. Hoping to be doing a mini doc of some sort for that card. Covering the two guys, being in the mix, Ike on the scene, your boy, always putting out content, non-stop, baby, non-stop. So, hope you guys enjoyed this Twitter space. Very therapeutic for me. Because when the fights are great, Makes my job easy. And more often than not, the fights are great. So, very blessed, very lucky. Hope you guys have a great Christmas, Kwanzaa, Christmas Eve. Great weekend. Even if you don't celebrate anything, just enjoy the weekend. Life is good. I love you guys. Get fat. But then the year turns over and try to uh, get in shape. Just a little. But take it easy, guys. Your boy Ike is out. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.